I'm Kieran. And I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult. Where two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. Hello. Hey. <laughs> it begins. So I'm going I'm the class. Escape me good. I don't speak German, so it, you just do this and I'm going to like drive her really crazy by responding in really bad Kyrgyz and like it's not going to go well. We're going to like lose our entire audience immediately. That's fine. We can we can switch back to common. It's it's cool. <laughs> just, I'm just going to call so, uh, English common from now on. Oh, is that is that what people yeah. call it there? <laughs> well, no, but like so in D&D, everyone speaks their race's language and also common. So that way you can communicate with other, you know, people from other other areas. And so, in- yeah, I'm sorry, Indy is for de- <laughs> demonic witchcraft practices. I didn't do that stuff. You should. It's fun. It's very fun. But like the everyone, I pra- practice non-tabletop magic. That's okay. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's funny because every immigrant here speaks English. Because right. that's like the second language everyone learns first. And then we all go to Deutschkurs and take German classes if we want to like. So this is a, a back to school episode and Kieran is back to school. Talk about why you're taking German and yeah, how you got here. Yeah. As it turns out, if you're not like lucky enough to have already had an education and gotten a bachelor's degree and have an accredited high school diploma that was signed by someone other than the people who like birthed you. Um, Not one that you made for yourself in Microsoft Paint. uh, Yeah, not one that. Of like homeschoolforgediplomas.com. Not not one that you like paid HSLDA to print on cardstock and slip a Deuteronomy, whatever the fuck sticker on. So yeah, so I don't have an actual high school diploma and I do not have a college degree. And if you want to get a job, like an entry-level job, um, or any kind of job that you weren't like imported specifically for, or if you want to do undergrad at all in Germany, you have to have like B-level German. You have to be able to communicate and understand in German. And the Germans have to recognize a high school diploma, which like yes. don't recognize the homeschool one. Yes, yes. That's the, the other the other fun side of that coin is yeah, if you want to go to a uh, public university in Germany, which is free and nice. Yeah, like tuition is free. It's great. German schools are amazing. Everyone comes here to go to school, but you have to have an accredited high school diploma, and I do not have that. So. Uh, earlier this year when I was in the U.S., I was like, I really want to finish school because I haven't even like I had to drop out from Laney after like around the time I was diagnosed with fibro because this is the community college, yeah, my community college, um, because I was sick and they cut my like classes that I needed to finish my degree in labor studies and then COVID happened. So. <laughs> and also they didn't have bathrooms you could use right so yeah so i didn't ever get to finish my associates which means that if i want to get a degree which i do actually want to get 
I have to start over from, I don't really know. But the the very beginning is I need to learn German so I can communicate with a faculty member about like, well, so I took, like I was about a semester, maybe two semesters away from graduating with an associate's degree. I don't have an accredited high school diploma, but like I have taken college classes. I had a good GPA, like, please don't make me retake high school at 33. Thank you. <laughs> So when we talk about uh, educational neglect and homeschooling, these are the kinds of like lifelong consequences we mean. Um, yeah. yeah, so fun. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm I did two had two German classes this week, and uh, it's good. Good, good. Um, and I promise I won't like torture you all with Curtis. Yeah, this is probably the Again. most German that you'll ever hear on this show <laughs> in particular. I am so. One of the one of our friends that we had on the podcast earlier this year, Annika Brockschmidt, um, has a German podcast, and so I'm hoping that when I can speak more than a sentence about my cats in German, I'll be able to guest on her show in Deutsch, and she won't have to like do a whole lot of translating. So that's my that's my goal for the end of the twelve week class that I'm taking. Okay, all right, good luck. We. We're talking about all the back to school stuff and and their, you know, continued wave of like ending good public education in the states and how distressing that is. And of course, all of this is loosely tied to that. If you are new here, you may not know that I um, have taught at a state university and at a community college and uh like one of my like big things that i'm very passionate about is how the community college system is a really good entry point for homeschoolers because they can get the remedial education classes that they need and be like in a like a classroom with a lot of other you know adult learners returning or, you know, young people who are dual enrolled, like there's a lot of like diversity in those classes in terms of like backgrounds. And so you can like enter <laughs> proper like education society, like without feeling too weird or like yes. singled out. It's really great. And like public universities are just such a, like a huge, wonderful thing. Like it sucks that like the U S doesn't like fund them well like you know tuition is not free but like it's better than it could be right <laughs> and it's it is like it exists and like you can you can pretty much be guaranteed like a decent education at most of these schools well or you at least you could so um right. uh, until recently it was fine kind of it was fine it was fine it was more of. fine than um, it is now yeah. So like, okay. Yeah. Funding for college in the States is fucked. Like that's a given, but like you could take out loans and you could get a like really well-rounded education. And like, if you got screwed over in high school, like a lot of us homeschoolers did, you could get mm -hmm. like caught up on stuff. Like you could, I mean, that's even though my college education was not a public college education for undergrad, well, it wasn't for either, but like 
but the for undergrad it was a private Christian school and they like severely restricted like what we learned about in terms of like giving you nuancing broader context on certain things like like nothing with queer theory existed like that kind of stuff like queer history have that no no everything was very one-sided but it was like still more round well-rounded than anything i got Mm -hmm. in homeschooling and so it was like i learned how to navigate an educational system and research and like use databases and like find articles and like journals and like look into things so that I could like actually figure out what was missing later. And I feel like, you know, college is not for everyone, et cetera, et cetera. But like that infrastructure part of like learning how to navigate um, research is so valuable. And like I got that there and was able to like carry that on you know, for everything else. But, um, yeah, uh, (laughs) I'm stressed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, fill me in because a lot of school related news happens during the sleeping hours, Berlin time and like some stuff is going down. All right. So I, I am like, have two like (laughs) career paths I have been interested in for forever since like I left fundamentalism and they are journalism and higher education and teaching in like this, the, the writing and English spaces. And both of these industries are totally fucked. And, uh, (laughs) so like what is happening now? Like, We've seen journalism become like small town newspapers get bought up by these investment bro run outfits and like gutted and like they're using like like AI for localization and they're like rerunning pieces across all their platforms Mm -hmm. and just like throwing in clickbait and ads and content farms to like fill in stuff. And like so there's not a lot of like real reporting at the local level anymore because uh, companies like Gannett have just like bought everybody. They're bought everybody up, fired half their staff and then just like, you know, making a content farm Mm -hmm. out of what's left. And then AI is going to finish the job for us. So that's been bad, which is like part of why I haven't like tried very hard to get a staff writer job anywhere because like it doesn't feel like the future there. But universities like especially publicly funded universities you would think that they would have more of a future but guess what the same thing is about to happen or is starting to happen no so we've seen like christopher rufo's like collaboration with DeSantis in florida for the new college in florida and like they're gutting like the humanities and gender studies and DEI mm-hmm. initiatives and like everything there to make it very like, well, libertarian fashy place. Uh, but you know, like colleges are supposed to be 
just very authoritarian and restrictive. As God intended back in Deuteronomy, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if their diplomas get the Deuteronomy whatever sticker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. But then West Virginia University is being gutted in a really similar fashion, but with the like, instead of it being an like overtly ideological drive, it's a like investment firm advised like set of decisions that are like strictly financial. Sure. And uh, they're gutting a public university so that like access to non-tech careers are a luxury mm-hmm. for those who can afford to go to private schools. Yeah. yeah. That's the short version. Yeah. I mean, one of the most egregious thing to me was that they cut all of their foreign language classes and are thinking about partnering with apps like Duolingo, which like I am here to tell you after doing Duolingo for an entire year to learn German and now taking an actual German class, Duolingo is not going to fucking cut it. Like, yeah, I'm, no. I'm sorry. Like, I have have nothing against people who are learning languages through an app because it's a game and they like the game, but like it is a game. It is not actually learning how to convert converse. It's not learning how to like put together things in a sentence on the spot. Like I've learned more. <laughs> sorry to be all like I've learned more in the four I feel hours like, I feel like, <laughs> that I've had. I feel like the like the dad and Calvin and Hobbes being like it builds character like sitting in the rain in the tent, but like the only way to like act actually like learn a language and retain it in a way that you can use it besides like reading any way that requires conversation and generating information mm-hmm. from yourself with your own vocabulary, yeah, and being able to access that vocabulary, you have to act like a baby, yeah, and you have to be immersed, yeah, and you have to be making a fool of yourself publicly in a social situation um, until like you start remembering it. And like, yeah, I'm not a like linguistics person or like a like pedagogy of language learning person, but like it doesn't work. You can't just like memorize things. You have to be in a social situation Mm -hmm. where you are forced to like, converse yeah i mean and you can learn you can know all of the like rules of grammar and still not be able to like speak a coherent sentence because like spoken is so different when you're like casually talking with someone they're not gonna put a a sentence together perfectly like and like yeah yeah like you just like and that like that doesn't come across into a lingo they they make jokes like these things are not like translatable yeah. via AI. No. Gamification. Anyway, I this is a back to school we hate tech pros episode, I guess. <laughs> yeah. This is a <laughs> languages deserve to be like experienced with other human beings. And and all of this is really like tied into the like the right being against cancel culture is a like faint at actually they are engaged in censorship and this is one of the ways that this is showing up Mm -hmm. 
um, is the defunding of public information mm-hmm. and public learning. Yeah. Um, and of course, all this trickles down to not, not literally trickle down, trickles down in that that concept sense, but like all this like shows up in the Moms for Liberty stuff and the book bans and the library. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like it's censoring. not just uh, higher public education. It's all of public education that they want to privatize and like public access to information. Yep, all of it. And like actual conversations about theory and theory that has like its stakes in real life and is not just like the ruling classes like abstract playground where no one has to change their Mm -hmm. lifestyle because of a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're like really high level on this. Let's uh, (laughs) get into the details. Like, okay, where is this? Where is this coming from? What are we, what are we seeing here? Yes. I mean, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with West Virginia? Do you want to jump into a new college? I think let's start with the West Virginia because I think the West Virginia is like what this will probably look like because it's not. Yes. It's going to be successful and it's not overtly driven by ideology, unlike the new college of Florida. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to see a lot more of this happening this way. And it's going to accidentally just end up aligning with the ideological gutting that we're seeing uh, Rufo and DeSantis engaging in in Florida, a public education. So like there's this really good piece in the nation. We'll link to it um, in the show notes, but it kind of like details the history of how we got here to West Virginia university cutting so much of their or proposing to cut so much of their faculty mm-hmm. and staff. And I believe the, the, percentage of faculty that is being proposed to being cut is 16% at West Virginia University, which is huge. So the there's like yep. a gutting of public funding for public universities, higher education via federal funds that like happens during uh, George Bush's, George W's second term. And we're having all of these like these private public partnerships mm-hmm. between to like make up for the, like the, the loss of funds there and the private sector is like kind of like encroached in on help quote unquote helping out these public universities. And as that like happens, there's also the like the administrative funding bloat that we all like know and love when we like look at like, student loans conversations mm-hmm. and like what professors are actually getting paid and all that. And I think all these things, like I'm not the person to leak unpack how they all connect, but they absolutely all connect. And so there's this like top heavy situation that universities are facing, which is real and it's a real problem, but the way to fix it, which is being proposed by this like, this company that uh, West Virginia University has hired to advise them on this, which is what our PK group, mm-hmm. they are like, well, like let's cut these like programs that have like lower enrollment or have a lot of transfers out or whatever. And they're like, 
that's not actually solving the problem because those people are leaving because like it's not funded right. Right. And if you like cut the funding, like you're going to get more. That's yeah. Let's make the problem <laughs> worse. That'll fix it. Right. Enrollment attrition. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know. I'm like watching my friends in Roanoke. I have a friend who's a professor at a, at Roanoke college in Roanoke and they're like being faced with like a mandatory like shift from like a three, three class load to a four, four class load. So that's four classes a semester. Mm. That's four, four. That's the split is like four fall, four spring. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were at three, three and now they're being told like they have to starting next fall, they have to like add another class four, four without a pay raise. And the, the company that's advising this decision is also RPK group. They seem like wonderful, peachy people who care about education. There's, yeah. And there's a whole lot more that's going on in, in this situation. But I'm hearing all of this, like, secondhand from my friends who are posting about it on their Instagrams. And, like, I can't link to you to an article for you to share because local news has been gutted by Gannett in Roanoke. Yep. <laughs> but, like, the, the like larger effect that this this article in the nation is pointing out of this like administrative blow and the like um you know lack of support for the professors and for the actual like places where education is happening the the article argues that the book ban censorship purges of area studies programs and targeting of academics at public institutions particularly in the south are all calculated to decrease the public's confidence in public education so that it can be dismantled and replaced with private corporations which lack regulation and oversight which like footnote remember i went to said i went to a private community college private christian college blah, taught at a community college didn't go to one my undergrad grove city college is like notorious for having taken a case all the way up to the Supreme Court arguing that they should be able to receive public funding as a private university um, to support various programs and like various initiatives and also not be subject to um, any obligated rules. to subject to Title IX yep. specifically. No, of course not. Because of religious reasons. And so the ruling the Supreme Court case um, around this ended with them losing but like the way they lost was if they don't take federal funding for anything they're not obligated to be held to title nine so my undergrad there were no title nine protections which means not just like discrimination on basis of sex but also like protections regarding sexual assault and all these other things and like the, the real life consequences of that were really, really, really bad. Yep. And if you are able to dismantle public universities by like cutting their language departments and like making people be like, well, I, I'm not going to be able to get a well-rounded education there. So I'll go out of state to a private college. Mm-hmm. What does this sound like, Kieran? What does this remind you of? I mean, it sounds a whole lot like the whole plan to dismantle public education in general and just like force or, everyone you know, the, into the homeschool white flight. Yeah, exactly. After Brown v. Board. Yep, yep, yep. Into their. Does it sound own... like that? 
own private little segregated systems where like everything you know if you can afford a good education you can get a good education otherwise you're entirely fucked which is obviously racist and classist on many levels especially considering like how uh you know i feel like most private colleges are not necessarily known for being um like i don't know there's a lot of like very conservative colleges that are private a lot of conservative christian colleges are private because they don't want to abide by federal guidelines and there's a lot of liberal private colleges too but like right. you could just go and to uc berkeley to- <laughs> and like you know f- it all ended with the segregation part of all of this ended with Bob Jones university, but that doesn't mean that they're going to like give up on the other things. Right. Like kicking out the transes and, uh, squashing information about queer history or anything. I mean, well, and I mean, I'm talking about (laughs) Roanoke college, like is a trans woman. And her thing is like queer history in the rural South. Like, yeah, that's yep. Like that's her thing. Like, and, like, I would not so be mad. so confident that the Bob Jones decision is, like, necessarily going to hold. Like, there is a lot of, uh, like, you know, the sentiment oh, on yeah. the bench is, is not, like, schools shouldn't be segregated. Like, Clarence Thomas is uh, not a fan of affirmative action or any of that. When they overturned for affirmative action the other day where weren't some of the cases they referenced that like needing to be revisited because of this yeah. some of those yep those ones specifically yeah yeah like i'm not all of these are I'm on the chopping block like plessy and brown and bob jones are all like up there uh <laughs> So mad. Yeah. Okay. So, like, you want to talk about what you saw in we're reading a piece about the new college of Florida and DeSantis's gutting of it that was written by Christopher Rufo, who, if you don't remember that name, you should remember that name. He's our captain. CRT is making white kids hate themselves. Um, Literally posted. The playbook of how to rhetoric that into being and then rhetoric it into being like on Twitter. Now he's on uh, advising the the gutting of the new College of Florida because he's he's been put on the, the board of trustees for that by DeSantis. Yeah, uh, of course. What did you see in this piece? So it- he mentioned a term that I know well, um, but I don't think most people know what it means when they see it so he you want me to read the section and then you unpack it yeah or go you for want it. it you can read it okay okay so this is from rufo's piece and he's talking about like he's kind of like listing a bunch of things that he considers to be successes in like they're taking over the university he says through a combination of cultural incentives and good fortune Many of the most ideological left-wing faculty members who presided over the old orthodoxy and opposed and expressed strong opposition to the classical liberal arts have left the university. And then he names some specific ones and he goes on. In total, 39 professors have exited, exited, 
clearing the way for a large number of new hires interested in pursuing the great human questions rather than maintaining a stifling left-wing echo chamber. The college's new cohort of scholars boasts PhDs from institutions such as Harvard, Stanford, Princeton, and Northwestern. More importantly, all of these professors share a commitment to classical liberal education, which prioritizes the pursuit of the true, the good, and the beautiful over the deadening bureaucratic trinity of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So here's the thing about the term classical liberal. When you see the term classical liberal together, especially like classical liberal, classical liberal arts, classical liberal education, like classical liberal has a very distinct inside the house meeting. It is a dog whistle. It is a dog whistle. It is synonymous with libertarianism and conservatism. Like this is Ayn Rand's thing. It's uh, like, who else? Who else is on the list? It's, it's very Lockean. Like the ideology comes from like John Locke and uh, Montesquieu. And did I say that right? Probably not. I learned how to read by myself. And like Milton Friedman and like there, it's a very conservative libertarian ideology. It is not like we want to have a well-rounded education. Like when you think of liberal arts in the college, you think of the humanities department. And when he's saying classical liberal arts, he's not saying like all of the languages people like, he's glad that people disagreed with like, teaching German, like, or mad people disagreed about it. It's like furthering this very specific conservative libertarian ideology. So when I see this, like, I'm, I'm like, I want to associate it with humanities, right? But it's not actually, you know, looking at liberal arts. It's, it's a like, Classical education is a very specific, like, set of, of like, uh, academic studies. And so it's, like, rhetoric and logic and arithmetic and blah, blah, blah. There's, like, seven. And mm-hmm. one of the things that was really interesting when we moved from California to Virginia is, like, we ran started coming into circles where all of the homeschool moms were talking about how they were, like, into classical education um, for their curriculum choices. Mm-hmm. And we'd never really run into that term before. And I have sense, like, I know like people in California homeschool circles who were doing this too, but like we hadn't particularly seen this before. And I think it was a little bit of a class divide because we were in central California in a, like a fairly like poor town. And like our homeschool group was like not a lot of well-off people. So like then we run into like suburban Richmond, like, upper middle class white homeschool circles. And it's all these like people who are like basically trying to do prep school stuff for their kids through. Mm-hmm. And they're all using classical education. And it's very like the kid takes Latin and the kid does debate class and the kid, you know, I uh, does not Saxon math because that's too easy, but like a harder one. <laughs> right, right, right. And and those kids like end up in like colleges like my undergrad and like studying Austrian economics or like admiring Ayn Rand and her work and like 
the term that you were referencing when we were talking about this before we were recording is the classical liberalism. No, socially conservative, fiscally oh, yeah. liberal. And you want to talk about what that means in this context? Yeah, like in in the ide- in the ideology of classical liberalism, which is really just libertarianism and conservatism like fused together. It's very it's it's like in a college context, it's all about and in any like you know, education context, it's all about privatization. It's about like, you know, bootstrapping industry. Like it is corporations are our friends, you Mm -hmm. know, private funding, the government shouldn't be funding education. That should be like something done privately or like, depending on which way you skew through the church and very just like, you know, otherwise strictly conservative, but just like the, like the government should not interact or affect us in any way. We should get to choose how we do stuff. Right. And like, I'm thinking about this and like thinking about these investment dude bros. Right. Mm -hmm. And like what the culture of these disruptors and innovators are and like how they think and like all of this stuff. And like the ones who are, you know, interested in creating a partnership between Duolingo and a public university to, uh, and help end the language foreign language language departments. Like that's exactly who these kids end up being if they're they're groomed to believe that this is the way the world should work like that's exactly what it means to be like interested in privatization interested in this very like individualist each for man for himself kind of bootstrappy stuff like this is the this is the conservative is conservative like economic mindset that we grew up with yep. on full display. It's very clever. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people like who buy into capitalism period, don't like critically look at this and don't know like how this is all tied together. Mm-hmm. Well, I need, well, while you're busy, like licking the tasty boot of capitalism, like you can't dare think about like, well, maybe it isn't my friend. Maybe, maybe it, you know, maybe my education shouldn't like be tied to whatever corporation is funding my school. Maybe like access to information should not be privatized. Maybe. I mean, I, I just remember right. sitting and <laughs> maybe listening things to, like, should be free. I just like listening to a guy you know, when I was working, working in the like rich people politics universe as a personal assistant to a guy uh, on the dumb side, like these are, these are liberals. Right. And he's like this like big donor for, uh, you know, Senate Democrats. And he, Mm -hmm. his buddy's like talking about his company that was going to do something and I'm like going to try to anonymize this a little bit but just like you know turning a public access thing like ambulances or uh fire trucks 
in, into an Uber model. Oh my God. Like Palo Alto did this. Yeah, probably like it was that guy. Week. <laughs> it was probably that guy. Um, and like, and like, that's a great idea. This is so, you know, it'll be like so much faster. Like, and I'm just like, or you could text the billionaires and you could fund the thing that works. Like it's right. there. And like, I, I just like, I, the censorship stuff is going to like drive people out of education in the exact same way. They're going to start distrusting the system because it's not getting funded. And so they're going to end it and privatize it. And then like, they're going to do the same thing with libraries and like yep. all the public good that comes out I mean, they're out already trying to. And like, oh my God, look what happened to local news. It's happening. It's going to happen to everything else. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and and the thing that is really uh, like interesting and irritating to me is like, and, and Rufo knows what he's doing because he laid out the entire way the CRT like story unfolded. He's doing the same thing here, like using language like classical liberal is going to go under the noses of people who don't know what it means. They're going to assume that these professors just like didn't like teaching an arts class. Right. That, right. Like this is they're, they're going to think that this is like still like pro liberal. Yeah. It's going to be easy to be like, oh, that's still pro liberal arts when actually it's not at all. Right. Yeah. And so, like, that's when you see this term in the wild classical liberalism, it does not mean what it's being portrayed to me and it has it's very specific i so like my story the reason i recognize this term off the bat had such a visceral yeah, like immediate reaction to it is because when i was 13 years old my grammy for my birthday um took me on a trip during the summer which is not my birthday um to new england and we like she took me to like these cool places in Connecticut and New Bedford and Boston. I saw all the monuments. We went to New York city with my cousins. We were going to be like on the today show, not like on the today show, but like in the audience, you know, like, they yeah. used to have a thing where like they mm-hmm. do an audience pan. And if you were lucky, like Al Roker would come up and talk to you mm-hmm. and you'd like have signs and stuff. And I was trying to figure out like what I wanted for my sign to be. And because I was like, a nerdy politically active teenager i was like well i want to like show that i'm like a conservative teenager i'm like in this like big liberal whatever but <laughs> i didn't want to like say that i'm like radically conservative because i thought that like the camera wouldn't pan to me right but i had just finished reading like david limbaugh's book or something i don't remember which book i was reading but i was reading maybe it was i was reading some book and they explain the term how like classical liberalism is actually conservatism. And so I wrote down on my little flyer thing, classical liberal teen. And that was the sign that I took to the Today Show because I knew that other conservatives who saw that would see the dog whistle and everyone else would just think I was like some hippie liberal public school kid. (laughs) So that's my story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to like read this piece from uh, Truth Out about the cuts. I was talking about like the sixteen percent of the faculty being cut um, as the proposed 
solution to a deficit, fiscal deficit in the budget at the school. And this piece says, at the same time, university administrators and state legislators are fighting a war on humanities and academic freedom, as well as diversity, equity, and inclusion curricula. Quote, those openly or implicitly committed to reinstate white supremacy as the law of the land, including nostalgic academics or angered to see their precious ivory tower, tower filled with minority students, would want to see the destruction of many newer disciplines and practices within the humanities. Ignacio M. Sanchez Prado wrote in the Los Angeles Review of Books, the gutting of the humanities, the quote continued, results from parallel but equally troubling process of democratic backsliding in the university, which in turn feeds a persistent anti-intellectualism. I think this is like, I know the... There's, there are people who can speak on this topic and the economics of this topic a whole lot better than we have covered in this. But like, I think it's really important to just like put these things together of the, the anti-intellectualism of the, like the censorship and like refusing to let kids have access to like basic information about themselves in the world. And like that, like fear of trusting your children with choosing <laughs> information and like, making sense of the world themselves that we grew up with that's being like pushed onto libraries and public schools now by Mount Sir Liberty and their ilk goes hand in hand with this, like let's privatize good education so that we can have control over who gets access to this. It's, it's, it's another head of the mm-hmm. same Hydra. Like it's just, it's the same, it's the same problem just another part of it. And what is really annoying is that like, like you were saying, like even well-meaning like liberal democratic people are falling into this because they're seeing a problem and they're like, well, we don't have state funding. We can't fix it. We have to privatize instead Mm -hmm. of like, I don't know, going to the legislature and demanding Mm -hmm. an increase for public education. It's just like, well, there is no political will, so we have to look elsewhere. And it's like, well, by doing that, you are furthering the rights agenda to dismantle public education by giving Mm -hmm. in to the privatization because you feel like that's your only option. You are furthering their agenda. Like they set this up decades ago like they they did this intentionally it is an all-encompassing plan to dismantle public education the entire way through including libraries like they don't want government funding for any of this they want to be able to control it and like it's overtly classist and in like maya helms piece at Inslee, which is so good Um, we'll link to this too it talks about like many of the programs potentially facing the acts are those that grant students the least possibility for socio, sorry, the greatest possibility for socioeconomic mobility. One comprehensive analysis of college majors and social mobility found that majors in education were uniquely advantageous. Indeed, G himself, that's the president of the school, received a doctorate in education from Columbia. Multiple programs in education are recommended for discontinuation. Like, like let's keep the kids mm-hmm. in Appalachia from having access to social mobility. Let's keep the, you know, marginalized kids of all kinds from being able to access credibility and power so that mm-hmm. they can change society. Like, yeah. Uh, I want to end with like Jeremy's piece. If you want to 
go there. So fr- fr- friend of the pod who we haven't had on, but we need to, but, um, we need to, our good friend, uh, Jeremy, our good, our good friend at CRHE, Jeremy Young, um, works at Penn America and wrote a piece for Time Magazine about Rufo and New College in particular. So he said, Rufo's efforts recall similar actions in Hungary, where Viktor Orban's authoritarian government not only banned all university gender studies programs, but drove one university out of the country altogether. Rufo, who recently spent over a month in Hungary, witnessing the effects of Orban's education policy, wrote that, quote, None of this is authoritarian, end quote, because, quote, <laughs> all of it is done with the vote of the legislature and the consent of the governed, end quote. And but can this, we just, like, pause there? Yeah. Like, that's, that's what that's what he keep said, Rufo said in his article. I didn't quote it, but, like, that, so he was talking about, like, this yeah. being, like, the interests of the populace that elected these officials like this is these are their political but, priorities but here is the thing but though is it though because black and queer people exist there too well and also like he's talking about like the bodies uh, like of colleges like y- y- there's a board of trustees and that is not a political election mm-hmm. like that is at least in california that is a nonpartisan election they don't run on a platform of crt or anti-crt they run on a platform of i'm going to do what i can to get funding for the school and professors are not elected and if these are private universities and those board of trustees have a uh, an incentive to uh the the fiscal uh not just solvency but like the fiscal growth of the profit of the university right <laughs> yeah that's a whole, just a like, whole other thing oh. this isn't democratic this is this is not how any of this works stop gesturing at us we're right here and we have thoughts on this yeah. <laughs> you're not you're not you're not doing what we want you to do yeah okay sorry keep going Yes. So anyway, um, Jeremy continues, but this type of rhetoric is how authoritarianism flourishes. Those who censor ideas often claim they are just enacting the will of the people, but Rufo's actions at New College belie his rhetoric. He's justified his gender studies ban by claiming other universities have terminated departments for similar reasons, that he's being a normal, responsible trustee. But he's also boasted that the ban, quote, sets a new historical precedent, end quote, and helping to ban a field of inquiry because he disagrees with it, he makes clear he wants to run not a college, but a propaganda mill. Sounds like homeschooling. Doesn't it, though? It's just a little bit familiar. Just a little bit. Insert paradoxal screeches here. That's how I feel. Yeah. That's, that's all I got. That's all I got. It's just it's just paradoxal screeches from here on out. Dave, feel free yeah. to add one if you want. That's, that's <laughs> legit. Just, it's bad. It's bad. Public education is great. Like whenever, whenever homeschool alumni ask me, like how how do you get, how do you like fix not having an education? Like my response is always every single time, go to your community college. Your community college mm-hmm. has an adult basic education program. It is cheap if it's not free. Like they have that. They will prepare you. You will not be the oldest person in the room. You will not be the youngest person in the room. You'll probably be right in the middle. Like it is normal and encouraged and everyone loves you when you show up, whatever age you are, no one cares. It's not weird. One of my favorite classes was there was a like dual enrollment high school senior 
and a like returned, you know, coming to college for the first time in her 40s, like mom. And they like were buddies and like collaborated on projects together. And like, that's exactly how the like community college should work and does work. And it's so cute and so good and so wholesome. And like, and to think that like community colleges are (laughs) going to be like looking down this barrel soon too. It just, it makes me so mad because it's such an amazing resource. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if taxes for your local community college come up on your ballot this year or next year, vote yes for them, please. For the love of God, pay taxes to public schools. Just fucking pay teachers. Yeah. It's not that hard. This is not that hard. It's really, really not. Okay. Um, yeah. All I got, all I have left here is, is just screeching. I just, so, I'm just so mad. Yeah. That's all I have to say. I've seen a lot of people on the internet talk about like, hmm, it seems like the right's agenda is to dismantle public education. Is that correct? Yes. The answer is yes. That is correct. That is the agenda across the board. That is exactly what's happening. You are seeing that right. We have the receipts. We'll get into it later. It's, yes, correct. It's happening. Housekeeping note for everybody. We're going to take a little break after this. Um, I'm going to be on vacation and traveling, and that's going to be amazing and long overdue because I haven't had a vacation so long. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah, but we'll we'll probably be back in a couple of weeks, probably three weeks when I'm back. Um, and, uh, you know, Hopefully we'll have some fun news for you to throw out there too. Stay tuned. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Cold podcast. Our music is from the track Janet by the Bend the Heavens on their album Stenazzo. Our producer is Dave the Great. Our podcast is made possible by Patreon donations from listeners like you. To support us and join our community on Slack, check out patreon.com slash kitchen table cult pod. Thanks for listening.